Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, everyone. It's 10 p.m. and Pure Gold is live and on the air for this Tuesday night, March 8, 2011. It's another great week with two great shows. Folks, this is already our 25th show. That's right. Welcome once again to the show that covers sports, life, and everything in between. My name is Joe, just business Buccino, and as always, my tag team partner sitting in his CIO and co-host. Folks, this is David Gomez, a.k.a. DG, on this show, and of course, The Daily Grind. How are you, sir? How was your weekend? I am doing great. I had a good weekend, ready for another wonderful week of uh, pure gold, ready to rock and roll, sir. What about you? I had a good weekend. It was my dad's birthday yesterday, but we celebrated on Sunday and carried over into Monday. So, once again, happy birthday, Dad, and I did have a good weekend. So, it's good to know that you had a good weekend, sir, and uh, I know we have a, a guest. But before we do, let's give out some contact information, please. Folks, our contact information has one extra nugget today. As always, you can call us, 714-364-4721, if you'd like to speak with us. Or of course, speak with our guest for the evening. Folks, we are officially have our very own Pure Gold website. You can check us out at www.puregoldpg.com. I realized that there was no need for the www, but we just wanted you to know, folks. So once again, puregoldpg.com. You can email us, puregoldpg at yahoo.com, or if you go to the contact information on our Pure Gold page, you'll see that we have our own individual email addresses where you can get in touch with myself, JB, our media director, uh, you can even get in touch with uh, our update guy, Todd, infamous of Todd's Takes. Uh, you can check us out at Twitter, Pure Gold PG, our Facebook, Pure Gold PG, our YouTube channel, Pure Gold PG. And as always, I write articles for SportsRages.com. DG, you can tell it's always a slow month in sports when, when you know, we're in the middle, not the middle, we're in the beginning of March, and, you know, March Madness hasn't begun yet. you got spring training going on. You have the the grind of the NHL and NBA playoffs. All that stuff is happening, and nobody really wants to talk about it, quite frankly. So, it's going to be a wrestling heavy show, and we hope all our wrestling fans will have a good get a good kick out of our guests. So, DG, why don't you introduce him? Folks, we have joining us today, Mr. Doug Mortman. He is one of the hosts of Busted Open Radio on Sirius Channel 125 or XM Channel 241. Folks, again, Doug Mortman of Busted Open Radio. Doug, how are you doing, sir? What's up, guys? How you doing? Hey, doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. Um, Doug, before we get into the current wrestling product, I'd like you to tell the PG audience about your show on SiriusXM. No, absolutely. Well, I mean, 
Busted Open is uh, it's one of those eclectic wrestling shows that can take you from, you know, Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff to Hogan to Angle to, you know, any of the young guys. You know, all the all the, the good young wrestlers have all been on our show. Hardy, both Hardys, uh, you know, Mr. Anderson, <clears throat> Alberto Del Rio, you know, uh, female wrestlers. Midget wrestlers, Hornswoggle's been on. I mean, come on, we got everybody. You know, we do it all. So, but honestly, guys, the best part of our show, and I think you guys can relate to this a little bit, is is that we we love to talk with the wrestling fans. Um, I think that's the the best thing out there. And listen, I, I take my fair share of heat from our fans because the past few, well, months, maybe years, we've uh, been uh, pretty hard on TNA. Um, and quite frankly, it's because we want TNA to do well. We want some competition for the WWE, and we want the wrestling landscape to to be as great as it can be. Because I think, like you guys, you know, we we all love wrestling, and yeah. um, and people sleep on it. You know, people wanna people wanna you know make fun of you know us wrestling geeks, and that's all well and good. But the point is, busted open is. For the fans, it's for the fans, it's by the fans, and we talk wrestling hard. And unlike you guys, we only talk wrestling. You know, we won't get into any other sports. We won't touch anything but pro wrestling. So that's our focus, and that's what we enjoy doing, and it's uh, what we love to talk about. Yeah, you know, it's interesting, Doug, that you basically named all the guys. Uh, you know, for my first actual question, I was going to get into some of the. the guests and the people that you had, but you basically named everybody uh, who was anybody. Um, before I get into that, though, it's interesting that you say, uh, you know, when I found out about your show, I listen to WFAN a lot, and I know that I mentioned it to you because I had asked you about your partner, and, uh, you know, I think you guys sure. used to work at WFAN, but um, I always wish that there was some type of wrestling show on WFAN. I realize that it's mainstream sports, and most of those fans will probably take a dump on wrestling, and like you said, wrestling geeks and whatnot, but... When I heard about your show, I thought it was awesome. Unfortunately, I don't have Sirius anymore. I had it for a while, and uh, I, I, I didn't know that there was a wrestling show on Sirius, so I was pretty much listening to the same type of stuff that I listened to on WFAN. But, uh, you know, you mentioned uh, you know Matt Hardy. You mentioned uh, Ken Anderson, Chris Jericho. Um, getting to the whole interview process of it, because I know you guys have interviewed just about anybody. I was checking out your website again today to look and see. Um, who would you say, this may be unfair, but... Who would you say, out of all the people you've mentioned um, and you've interviewed, can you name some of your favorite people that you had, the wrestling uh, icons? Absolutely. Um, it's actually, it's not that hard because you could kind of just pick out any any number of people, pretty much anybody living, and we've pretty much talked to them. You know, Sands the Undertaker, uh, Shawn Michaels, and I'm trying to think of a couple guys. I mean, there's really not a whole lot of guys that we haven't talked to over our two yeah. years on the air. You know, Vince McMahon included. You know, we've spoken to him. We've spoken to Triple H. You know, the the, the list has been incredible. I'll tell you, a couple interviews stand out. Number one, we've had Mick Foley on three times, uh, twice live in studio. Um, the guy is as brilliant as he is out of his mind. And he will he'll really get into certain things that are just unusual and totally out of the box. I mean, the last time we had him on, we were talking about him being in that parade with uh, John Stewart in Washington D.C. and 
you know, he he had the funniest line. He said, "Well, I thought it was I was big time when I would come out, you know, during a WrestleMania or something like that to uh, eighty thousand screaming fans. That was, of course, till the million people on Washington started screaming my name. So, you know, things like that, like a guy as eclectic as as kind of wacky but brilliant, like Mick Foley, he really kind of he gets in a different way." Um, our interview with Hulk Hogan, I thought, was one of the best spots that we did because we really got a guy like Hogan. We yeah. got, we pinned him down. I mean, we got him just after he signed with TNA, um, and that was such a big deal. And you know, yeah, I remember. And everybody was popping for it, you know, because for a couple of reasons. Obviously, you know, Hogan going to TNA is huge news, but. You know, maybe he can get this company over, and, and maybe he'll take them to Monday nights, which they did, and then they didn't, and that was a whole fiasco in itself last year. But yeah, yeah, of course. You know, talking to Hogan, I mean, you really got into his head as far as like, okay, we know Hogan the wrestler, we know Hogan the icon, but what about Hogan the manager? What about Hogan the guy in the back who's making decisions and is a face of the company and 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 really, uh, you know, needs to, to make his impact other than in the ring. And I'll tell you, right away we realized, you know, maybe this is not the best idea for TNA because immediately he <laughs> thought he thought Abyss was the best idea. He said, let's put, you know, Abyss is going to be our guy. We're going to get him in there, and, you know, we, we think he's great. You know, so it was thumbs up to Abyss and thumbs down to Samoa Joe. I mean, yeah. you guys know wrestling. Think about that for a second. Uh, that's not a. That's not a good. That's not the kind of comment you want to hear out of the guy who's running your your organization. You know, you, you want Samoa Joe up, Abyss down. But he had it kind of backwards, so we were surprised about that. You know, we learned a lot from that interview, and we definitely were skeptical of the move, and probably even more skeptical after that. Um, just the opposite. It was great to talk to Kurt Angle. Um, just because he's uh, the guy, he's a guy that that Lagreca and I absolutely adore. Because of all the bumps he's he's taken, you know, the guy can barely move his neck left to right. I mean, he can't turn his head, guys. He he is that bad. Well, Yet he'll go into that squared circle and he'll put on a match better than anybody you've ever seen. I mean, you know, right. it, friggin' Kurt Angle. You know, he's the only. Uh, how do they tout him? The only Olympic gold medalist in wrestling history. So. Yep. <clears throat> He was incredible. Um, uh, we've done so many interesting. Uh, Double J was interesting, just to get a guy on who's you know a legendary wrestler, but also you know founded TNA and kind of tried to yeah. go in a different uh, you know a different direction there. Um, yeah, there's just been so many. You know, it's really it's hard to name them all, but you know that, that's probably a that's probably a good taste right there. Okay, um, it's it's you, you mentioned Jared. I heard that interview actually uh, when I first said. You know, got in touch with you about get about being on the show, and I listened to that. I listened to Angle. I listened to quite a few of them. You know, to get a feel about w what you guys are about. Now, let me ask you this: Do you have any interviews that you felt didn't go so well for whatever reason, whether the wrestler was a complete tool or, or you know, it just there was no chemistry there? Do you have any any terrible interviews that you could uh, you could share with us? Listen, no matter what, guys, and the longer you're in this business, you'll know that. Anytime you open your mouth, you're 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 putting yourself out there. <laughs> you know, yeah, and you yeah. can, as much as you think <clears throat> that you have everything under control, and you know everything's gonna rock and roll, and um, you know you're gonna throw some good questions out there and get some good answers. I'm telling you, 
your guest could have had a bad day. He could have had a bad week. He could be just an asshole. You know, it could be, it, it could be a million different factors that go into it. But there are, I mean, there absolutely have been major, major clunkers for various reasons. Actually, on the one hand. We had, God, I remember Jake the Snake Roberts. Now, that was a different interview. I mean, it didn't really <laughs> matter what we threw out to Jake. He was just not a happy person. He was, <laughs> he, he did not want to hear it. You know, it, it actually almost became comical, and it became, you know, it was an interesting interview for all the wrong reasons, but that was not a shining moment in time. Um Oh, God, Roderick Strong, we had him on uh, before one of the ROH uh, events, and I love Roderick Strong, don't get me wrong, but <clears throat> damn, he was boring. I mean, it was just like somebody <laughs> cattle prod this guy because he's putting me to sleep, you know? Um, yeah. You know, it's those kind of things. You really, sometimes guys, like, just aren't into it or just don't get it. Believe it or not, <clears throat> I'm glad, it's funny you asked that question. Because literally, just before our Monday show this week, uh, we're talking about the guest that we're supposed to have on at 3 o'clock, which you guys probably remember him from WCW. I remember him as a 1985 Chicago Bear world champion, Steve Mongo McMichael. Yeah, Uh, I remember him. So we were going to have Mongo on and talk a little WCW, you know, and obviously, you know, WrestleMania being in Atlanta and give you a little... We always try to, you know, we had Chuck Palumbo on last last week, so we're kind of giving a little WCW retrospective as we get closer to uh, WrestleMania in Atlanta. Yeah. Nevertheless, LeGrec and I and, and our producer Mike Riker and our our assistant producer Jared Moore, JM Punk, just going back and forth, and we're like, boy, this interview could suck. If Mongo doesn't want to talk, if Mongo's in one of his weird moods, this is going to be a terrible spot. However. It wasn't a terrible spot, but it wasn't a great spot. You know why? Because the damn guy didn't answer his phone, and he never got on the air. So <laughs> go, go figure. That's radio, baby. That's radio. <laughs> now, now, Doug, what's it like to work with someone like Revy Sky, who's actually, you know, made it in the professional wrestling business? It's it's good working with Revy. You know, first of all, she definitely brings a different dynamic to the table. All right. Just picture it. You guys are on. You guys are doing radio. You know we're doing radio. It's not a visual medium. The guys out there could give two craps what Lagreca and I look like. We could be, you know, in a you know in a pair of polka dot underwear, or we could be wearing a dashiki. <laughs> it doesn't really matter. I mean, <clears throat> they don't give a crap what we look like, and it's irrelevant to them. They just care what we say. The difference right. with Rebby is they know what she looks like. They have a mental picture in their head. A lot of these guys are truck drivers driving across the country and, you know, might not have socialized with any human beings, and they get to hear that voice, and she's like, hey, you know, and the truck drivers love it, you know, and the guys love it. So that's a, you know, it kind of gets people into the show in in a different way, you know. It's got a a different kind of appeal. And then Rebby's also very insightful, you know. She's got some really good wrestling points. She's got some interesting takes on the business that Dave and I don't have because, quite frankly, we're guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And she's not, thank God. Um, so, you know, she thinks of things a little differently, and we like that. And I think lastly, and you make a good point there, she's in the business. She's doing some really, really good things, and she's only getting better. 
and she's with a lot of these guys week to week. And she goes to, you know, a lot of these these wrestling events, a lot of these, you know, wrestling promotions she's a part of. So she does bring a lot to the table, and we, we are fortunate to have her on the team, that's for sure. Cool. Now, this is probably the best time, you know, for a wrestling fan and for a wrestling show that you have. It's probably the best time to be talking. You know, the road to WrestleMania always has the best storylines. You know, it has probably the highest ratings. So, you know, moving on to, like, some, you know, current WWE stuff. To me, it seems like the WWE is loading up on some former stars like The Rock, Stone Cold. We saw JBL last night. You know, Trish will be back for a little bit for this year's WrestleMania. Now, do you think it's a wise move on their part? to be focusing on those type of people just to, you know, make WrestleMania a big buy? Or do you think that, you know, they should be, they should focus on these people because this is who made WrestleMania? It's a really good question. It's a really, really good question. And I'll, I'll take it, I'll, I'll, take, I'll give you two answers to it. Yes and yes. You, yes, you have to focus on guys like Stone Cold, The Rock, uh, Trish, you know, whatever... You know, even the Hall of Famers, you know, think about it. HBK is part of this. All right, the guy's going into the Hall of Fame. So now to answer the second part of that question, like why should you do that or is it overlooking people? And, you know, you got to start squarely with The Miz because if you saw the end of Raw uh, last night, I think it was the perfect ending to a really, really good show. They needed that show, first of all. But it was good to have Miz come out and take out Cena and call out The Rock once again and just end the show on that because, see, the guys like The Rock, the guy you could even throw Cena out there. I mean, he's a veteran. He's a guy who's had the, the belt nine times. You know, Edge has the World Heavyweight Championship. He's had it for 11 times. You know, these are veteran guys. Then they bring back Stone Cold. He'll be a referee in a match, mind you, with an announcer versus a Hall of Famer who, you know, uh, let's be honest, is far past his prime in Jerry yeah. Lawler. You know, so there's some more uh, ancillary guys or, peri- or guys that should be on the periphery that aren't. But you know what, though? The reason that, that those guys are so important is because they get over guys like The Miz. They'll get over other guys that might be involved. And that's the whole thing about wrestling. And that's what bothers me but gets me excited all in the same. What bothers me are guys like John Cena and or Triple H. Guys that, and, and, and I love those guys and respect those guys as wrestlers, but what I don't like and what I've seen consistently is that they don't put guys over. However, yeah. if you've listened to The Undertaker's promos, he hasn't said one word about the guys in the back because he's got that kind of respect for the guys. A guy like Stone Cold, Right if now he happens to be in the middle of this whole you know Cole Lawler JBL whatever in the hell is going on in that situation, but if he was in there with the younger guy, he'd let the young, he'd put the younger guy over. That's why the big guys are important. And let's look at it from a, from a, a larger scale thing. It's a WWE product. No matter what, these WWE wrestlers, young, old, or otherwise, if they're on the card, even if they're not on the card. All of them are better off for having these huge stars come. Why? Because more people are watching, more people are buying, more people are talking about it, and quite frankly, that's good for business. So that's why those guys have to be a part of it. Uh, and, and The Rock, what a simply brilliant move by getting him to come back. I don't know how Vince was able to pull that off, but 
even if he appears only on that one show, which we saw, what, three weeks ago now? Yeah. You'll definitely get him in one more Raw. I'm sure he'll be on at least one more Raw. Probably next week is my thought. Um, and then you'll get him at WrestleMania. You get him on the satellite promos. You got him tweeting about the WWE. He just takes pro wrestling, not just the WWE, he takes pro wrestling to a whole new level. The second that The Rock came back, the WWE became ten times more popular. And that's yeah. why it's important to have those guys back. That's a good point because, uh, I mean, I'm a huge Rock fan. I'm watching it regardless, but, you know, my wife who hasn't watched wrestling in years is starting to watch it. People that I know who used to like wrestling, even marginal fans, are, are talking about it. They've heard about it. So it definitely gets more people to watch it. Um, but, uh, you know, speaking about the whole Cena, Rock, Miz thing, you, you started off your, your previous uh, answer to the question with the Miz. Um, let me ask you this. The main event of WrestleMania is supposed to be Miz versus Cena, but, okay, Miz had his, his thing last night, which was good, but at the same time, as a fan, I look at it negatively because they have marginalized the Miz, and they made it a point throughout overall, you know, he tweeted he's not showing up, he's been forgotten, I get that he's not at Cena or The Rock's level, but he's WWE champion, so shouldn't they be pretending at least that he is by purposely marginalizing him, by basically leaving him out of this whole thing, by having to kind of throw a tantrum just to say, hey, Rock, I'm still here, you know, I'm the champ, pay attention to me. Do you think that does him any favors? Just taking that point specifically, because I understand he's with Cena and The Rock, so that boosts him up. But do you think that in the long term it helps Miz to be throwing those kind of promos and to be shown like, hey, well, you know, yeah, you're WWE champ, but you're an afterthought in your own main event? It's a, you know, it's an interesting point. It's something we talk about on the show all the time. Um, and LaGreca's of the mindset that the Miz is simply a mid-carder who's holding the belt. I'm more of the mindset that the belt now is a mid-card act. I know it sounds crazy, but... You know, the heavyweight championship right now is more interesting to me and it's more important to me um, than the WWE championship. And I don't think it's so much because of The Miz. I think The Miz has actually done a great job. Um, and anybody says that he's a mid-carder, and I say this to my broadcast partner every time we're on the air, I call him a freaking moron or a fool because he is a fool. Um, yeah. The Miz is excellent. Let him, you know, just listen to him speak once. Yeah, he's and good, definitely. Great intensity. His wrestling has gotten better and better and better as time goes on. Um, you know, you're looking at definitely an up-and-coming star. The decision to put the belt on him, all right, now that's a WWE decision. They have taken it upon themselves to marginalize the title belt. They have yeah. taken it upon themselves to make the title belts, a lot of them, truly meaningless. Does anybody, do people, first of all, realize that your intercontinental title holder wasn't even on SmackDown last week, and he could not be any further in the doghouse right now? Uh, Who in is the intercontinental champion? Kofi. <laughs> oh, wow. And, you know, I I hate to cut you off, but I, I, I'd completely forgotten that he was intercontinental champ because I don't remember the last time he defended it or the last time the you know the title was even on, on the card. Yeah, in fact, Kofi and Alberto Del Rio had a match, if you remember, at Elimination Chamber, and yeah. it was actually a, it was a non-title match. Now, how do you oh, have yeah, the right. IC title holder in a match at a pay-per-view and the title is not on the line? 
I, I mean, that's that's just that's that's a title that you know Randy Savage wore proudly. You know, I mean, that's a title that some you know some other and and Savage obviously isn't, but should be a Hall of Famer. But that's a title yeah. that a lot of Hall of Famers have worn proudly for a long time, and now it's it's marginalized. The United States title. I mean, we forget that Daniel Bryan actually has that title. <laughs> you know, right. it's crazy. So I think, I think the title belts have always been a prop. I think that the title belts have always had more meaning than they do now. And I think, to answer your question, it, does a guy like The Miz get hurt by the position that he's been put in? In a way, yes, because he has been booked weekly. He has been put in a position where he hasn't gotten to shine and been overshadowed. But on the other hand, should he really be there in the first place? Should he really be the WWE champion? The fact that he is the champion right now, I think, in general, has put him on such another plane as a wrestler that it's almost a good thing, even though it's a bad thing, if if you see what I'm saying. Yeah. Now, Doug, I mean, you, you hit on something that I've been talking about. I feel like... I actually work with you or I work for you on your show because you hit on a couple good points I want to just bring up again. Uh, you mentioned about the belts and how, like, it's, you know, a sec- an afterthought. And I've always been of the belief that you should – and they make the WWE title into a uh, – it's still John Cena's custom belt. I mean, uh, to me, right then and there, you've really diminished what the value of the WWE title is. I mean, how bad is it that it's still John Cena's custom belt as a WWE title? Yeah, well, at least it doesn't spin anymore. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't spin, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> no, nah, I, I mean, look, I, ultimately, you know what's going to happen? They're going to unify those titles. Because it doesn't make sense to have a U.S. and an I.C. title if neither of those champions are doing anything. It doesn't right. make sense to have a heavyweight championship and a WWE championship, yet... You ha- you know, you're supposed to stay to your own shows, yet you see these guys co-branding all the time. What you need to have is, it's almost like a flashback to the territory systems. Not to say that, you know, the, the heavyweight or the WWE world champion, whatever you want to call that, unified belt. Um, not to say that you wouldn't ever see him wrestle on TV, um, and you wouldn't see him you know, do his thing, especially cutting promos on TV. But you should never see that heavyweight championship defended on TV. It should right. only be reserved for pay-per-views. You know, same thing with, with whatever that IC US title unification strap would be called. You know, that's something that should be, that should be like the main event of a TV match once a month, something like that, you know? Right. It, to, yeah. the, the titles need to be taken more seriously in a different way than just who's holding the title. It's how you use the titles. It's how you're booking the titles. Like right now, they're booked poorly. You know, right. the, the title holders are put in a place where they have to wrestle four-minute matches on TV. Well, that doesn't make the title feel special. You know, you need to make the titles feel special. And quite frankly, you need to bring the belts together because the way they're doing it right now, it makes the titles feel so much weaker. Right. Now, do you think that... We're heading towards, I mean, what's your prediction? Do you think we're heading towards the end of the brand extensions, like having a Raw roster and a SmackDown roster? Or do you think that they're going to have maybe floating champions where, like, you know, if, if they don't unify the U.S. title and the Intercontinental title, 
Do you see like the U.S. champion maybe floating back and forth between Raw and SmackDown, or or do you see the end of the brand extension? I don't I don't see the end of the brand extension for this reason. I think if they were to do that, then the mid to lower card guy would be completely irrelevant. That that would worry me for a guy like let's say Evan Bourne. You know, right. I would be worried about a guy like that. You know, Dolph Ziggler just moved to Raw. You look at Dolph Ziggler on that roster just now, it's scary because he's got so many people above him, yet he's a guy that should be pushing for the top titles, just like the guy he beat on Raw this past Monday, John Morrison. Those are your two, you know, up-and-coming guys that really are on the cusp of main event status. Would they get lost in the shuffle? if everybody was pulled into one big brand, you know, and, and The Undertaker was on every show or as many he could be, and Orton was on both shows, and Cena, God forbid, was on both shows, you know, there would be a lot of people that are going to lose time, and that's not a good thing. And now, and listen, a guy like Christian comes back. Well, where does Christian fall in the pecking order versus, like, say, Adolf Ziggler? Uh, that, that's the sort of thing that, that would make me nervous, because I don't want to lose Ziggler over Christian, you know? Right. Yeah. You know, it's interesting you bring up uh, this point because Joe and I always talk about this and we debate this on the show. I mean, we both think the brand extension, you know, that it should come to an end, but you make a good point because there's way too many guys to have any type of flow. They probably have to fire half of the roster. But, uh, you know, what you know would be? it would be TNA. <laughs> to, for, <laughs> for lack of a better word, you would have a monstrous, incredible roster where half the guys maximum can actually get airtime. That's the problem with TNA right now. That's one of our biggest beefs. And it's a compliment. It's like you guys have the best roster in pro wrestling, but you don't know how to use it, and you can't write around your stars properly. That's the business right there. Write good storylines, use your stars. That's pro wrestling in a nutshell right there. Yeah, I don't think TNA knows how to do you know anything right. So that's kind of that that's kind of besides the point. But let me ask you a question. Going back to something we spoke about uh, a little while ago with uh, John Cena and The Rock and the promos, and you mentioned that. I mean, I love the fact that you seem to uh, dislike John Cena just as much as uh, Joe and I do. But do you think that this whole uh, promo one-upsmanship, which was going great, I thought up until last night when I thought that you know Cena just dropped a big turd. But do you think that? this is ever going to lead to a match? I mean, as a fan, you think this has to be going towards a match, but Rock has gone on record saying he won't wrestle. Do you think there's any there's any way that will change, or are we just talking one and done, WrestleMania, maybe a rock bottom or something? A <laughs> um, couple things. First of all, I agree wholeheartedly with what you just said. Um, it was going well, yeah, up until this past Monday, but also last week also. Cena... Anytime he gets hokey, and anytime it's yeah. the classic Cena promo is not a good one. He went no, off the board. Not. He went off the board a couple of weeks ago with that rat promo, and that was yeah, awesome. which is great. Yeah. Now yeah. another thing too, um, the WWE is no longer PG. I'm just throwing that out there. I mean, I'm sure people are talking about it. Um, it's a fact that. And I, the reason I bring that up is because if you look, if you listen to the content matter of Cena's rap promo uh, a yeah. few weeks ago, that was not PG. You know, no, CM, Punk, CM Punk and, and Edge getting, you know, their faces bashed in accidentally, but 
with all the blood going all over the place, usually the WWE would cut away, especially Edge on SmackDown. They could just edit that, you know, or re recut it, um, but they didn't. Um, their their content matter is no longer PG, so I think that's just an interesting note for your fans. Number one, uh, number two, uh, to get back to the question, here's what I think is what's going to happen with The Rock. I think personally, The Rock is there for a reason. It's either to unite with Cena against The Miz, or here's what I believe. I think The Rock is there to turn Cena heel. And if that happens, my friends, that will be a happy day for wrestling fans. <laughs> I, think the Ro- I swear, I think The Rock is there because you had this whole Cena-Miz build. No matter what, it was going Cena-Miz headed into WrestleMania. We've talked, it's been that way for months. And now as you head towards WrestleMania, you enter in The Rock. Well, who better to get people booing John Cena than a, a face of epic proportions like The Rock? And I, yeah. I challenge you guys, if you DVR'd Monday Night Raw, go back to the videotape. If not, go to YouTube. Find the segment where John Cena, the last segment of the show on Raw last night, and you tell me, was that crowd booing the crap out of Cena or what? Yeah, I'm yeah, telling definitely. You, I'm telling you right now, and maybe I'm wrong, or maybe I'm just being presumptuous, or maybe I'm getting too excited because I want it to happen so freaking badly, but... They need to turn John Cena heel, and that is why The Rock is here. He's not here to wrestle. He's not here to go into the Hall of Fame. That's probably going to be next year in, at WrestleMania in Miami, which is his hometown, so that makes sense. It's because he's going to turn John Cena heel. He's going to be the the hero to the, the new dark John Cena who then tries to go after The Miz. And I can't, I'll take it a step further. I think the Miz is is retaining the belt at WrestleMania as well. I think he's beating John Cena. You know, I would love that, and it's funny that you bring that up because I was talking to to Joe, uh, my partner, and we were talking online, you know, fa- um, through AIM as we were watching that show. And the first thing that I told Joe was that man, this crowd is really not into this promo. I mean, I hated it. I thought it was terrible, and I agree with you. The subject matter is getting very dicey, and I'm surprised that they're letting them get away with what they're getting away with. But when Cena was cutting the promo, A, he started that hokey crap, like you said, which I it turned me off immediately. But his whole tone throughout the promo was not like, I'm going to knock you out, like he said. It was more like goofy, over-the-top, stupid John Cena, and... The crowd was booing him every time he said anything about The Rock. They were just they were just going nuts on him, you know. Yeah, Cena always gets booed, but some crowds like him, some crowds are, aren't. But that crowd was totally against him, which I loved, and I would love it. I know that Joe would love it. All, most of our fans would love it that if Cena went heel. I actually read an article about that today on uh, on a wrestling website that I that I check out, and the guy said the exact same thing that you did. Didn't think that. Uh, that The Rock was going to wrestle, but that he was going to turn Cena heel. If that happened, I mean, yeah, it, it would be amazing, and we'd all love it as fans, but what would that do to the actual fan base that the WWE has been going after so long, which is the kids with the Cena shirts and the, you know, you can't see me and all that other crap? I mean, isn't who would be fighting Cena? Are they going to, are they going to flip Miz and make him face and then have Cena go heel if The Rock really isn't going to wrestle? Well, I mean, I'm not sure where they go after WrestleMania, and I got to be honest, you know, my my 
my inclination is to think that the WWE doesn't know where they go necessarily after WrestleMania. I'm sure they have some things kind of outlined and sketched, but I think everything builds to WrestleMania, and then it becomes a new chapter. Um, I think... I think ultimately what you have here now is two things are happening at the same time. Cena's getting booed more and more, all right? And I I wouldn't say his fan base is dwindling necessarily, but is he selling the same amount of T-shirts? Are you seeing those same, you know, that same, you know, huge amount of a sea of purple in the stands? I don't know. I don't know. And the other thing that's happening at the same time is this whole PG thing we're talking about and the fact that they're getting edgier and they're getting away from the traditional PG product that, that they've had for a few years. I think you combine those two, it makes perfect sense to turn them heel at this point. Because if they're not going to be a PG product, then they're not going to be promoting directly to you know, all these the, the really, really young folks, then, I mean, me personally, it's pretty obvious what you do. You take the yeah. you take the one guy that has never been a bad guy, well, except for a brief thuggy moment at the beginning of his career, yeah. um, <laughs> and you turn him heel, and you make him you make him evil, you make him bad, and then you got something. Okay, I mean that that makes sense. I mean we've been talking for, about it forever, me and DG anyway, and with our uh, wrestling buddies that you know it's really time to make Cena heel. So. Uh, who better than The Rock to make him heal? So, um, but let me ask you, Doug, another guy that, to me, honestly, the King of the Ring it has been a great tournament over the years, and then you have Sheamus winning it this year, and it seems like after he won the King of the Ring, he's been getting buried. Now, do you think he's on the bad side of, like, Vince McMahon or Triple H? Because, you know, like, I, I, how do you explain the downfall of Sheamus? Yeah, it's hard to explain. You know, I think he's one of those guys who's, Ultra talented. He had the belt twice in 2010, and deservedly so. Um, you know, young star, uh, and uh, you know this is what happens. They made him king of the ring, and you know now he's kind of swooning, but he'll he'll bounce back. I'm I'm not worried about a guy like Sheamus because he is is very very talented wrestler. Right. Yeah. But you don't think yeah. he pissed off or maybe killed this this man's dog or something? <laughs> Listen, you never know. You ne- you do have to toe a fine line as a professional wrestler. It is a very political game. And yeah. uh yeah, you know, these things happen, man. You ruffle the wrong feathers and you could be on the outhouse. But uh I don't know who's in worse shape right now, Kofi or Shane. Yeah, true. Um and then obviously the the probably the more key matchup at WrestleMania is obviously, you know, Triple H against Taker. I mean, obviously it's going to be a great match with these two legends going at it, but, you know, to me, um, basically Undertaker already beat Triple H a couple years ago at WrestleMania. What do you think that they need to do to make this storyline like a must-see match? Do you think they should add, like, the stipulation of career versus streak again? And who do you think is going to win that match? I think they have it exactly where they need to have it. Um and I, I do suspect they're going to throw in the whole career thing, which would kind of be cheesy because Shawn Michaels did it last year. Um, but everything that that we're hearing is that, you know, Hunter wants to kind of move to the back, so to speak, and focus more on running the company rather than wrestling. So it makes sense, and it would make sense if he puts his career on the line now. Um, but 
with the two vignettes we've seen uh, two consecutive weeks now with Shawn Michaels, I think they're in a really good spot because Shawn doesn't even have to be a part of the match, but you know he's going to interject himself at some point. Um, And I really think he will end up, you know, taking something away from from Triple H and and causing him to lose the match. Because quite frankly, you know, I am still not buying the fact that anybody, Triple H or otherwise, stands a shot at the Undertaker streak at WrestleMania. Yeah, you yeah. know it's interesting. It's interesting because uh, you know I, I don't like the Undertaker, and I'm not going to take anything away from who he is as a performer because he's awesome. You know he's been great legend, but I've never been a fan of his, and I've always wanted the streak to end. It always kind of bugged me because you know Hogan lost a whole bunch of matches, or you know everybody has lost. Shawn Michaels is like six and eleven at WrestleMania. All these legends, all time greats, greater than Taker even have lost at WrestleMania. But you know you mentioned obviously his opponent Triple H. They fought ten years ago. The you know, he lost or whatever, but um, you mentioned how earlier Triple H was, was burying people in the first promo that he did with the Undertaker, and I agree. I didn't like the whole bashing the backstage and then uh, Taker, who hasn't mentioned this. I thought it was a little disjointed, but let me ask you this. Speaking of burial, what did you think about um, the whole TNA thing that they did? You know, as we, as we close out our interview, I have to ask you this. The 221.11 promo for the Undertaker, right, it was used, in TNA, the almost exact same thing, staying three three eleven. What did you think of that? Because to me, it was so bush league and so horrible that it just proved to me why TNA absolutely sucks. Yeah, I mean, it, it shows it shows a couple things. One, it, it doesn't reflect very good on the guys who are actually writing the stuff. I mean, if you want to start with Vince Russo or end with Vince Russo, somehow the Vince Russo name needs to come up and he needs to be ripped. Because if that's as good as he can do, then you got another thing coming, my friend. The other thing is, it keeps TNA looking like a second-class organization. Simply put, get your own material. Get your own stuff, all right? You don't need to give the middle finger to Vince McMahon because you guys were able to retain Sting and the WWE didn't get their guy, which obviously they would have liked to have had Sting for WrestleMania. It's not going to happen. But you know what? The WWE is, say, TNA, you know, TNA scooped their guy, um, or vice versa, WWE got a TNA guy. They're not going to put something on their TV almost mockingly. You know, that's not good business. Good business is be your own man, or be your own company in this case, and do your own things. And if you want to bring Sting back, that's all well and good. But figure out your own creative. Don't copy somebody else's, number one. Number two, this is the bigger point. Why bring back Sting? Is that a good thing that you just put the heavyweight strap on a 51-year-old man? Is that a good thing <laughs> that you just yeah. took the strap off a guy in his own backyard? I mean, Jeff Hardy lives... 20 damn minutes from Fayetteville, North Carolina. And they took, and they literally took the strap off of him in his own damn backyard. I mean, just bad form. And to speak directly about the spoof or whatever they want to call it, it was, by the way, half rate. The WWE, look at the WWE's production of The Undertaker. Uh, Johnny Cash thing, and then look at the yeah. TNA production, 
and you tell me which is which is better produced. So at least if you're going to spoof somebody, you know, knock it out of the park. That was a half-bit production. It was very, very disappointing. And, you know, you listen to the show on Sirius 125 XM 241, as you guys started the show with, you will hear, you, you've, you have heard me and Dave go off uh, over the past two weeks about this move. And then this week, obviously, going off on the fact that Sting by no means should be the champion of any organization, let alone TNA. Let alone TNA, who's got more stars than you can shake a stick at. I mean, just very, very disappointing. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you. I mean, you know, and I feel bad because there's so many talented wrestlers there in TNA. That, you know, you said there's so many good guys, but uh, it seems like they're just getting dumped on, you know, and you mentioned the uh, – you know, Jeff Hardy and what's going on with him. And you've got guys like Ken Anderson, who I'm a huge fan of. And, you know, it, it, it's a shame because TNA could be so good, yet they try to imitate the WWE and, you know, make it edgy. And really, it's just bad writing. So let me ask you this as one, you know, as we close out, um, uh, let me see how I can phrase this question. You know, Joe and I talked about this a couple weeks ago. Absolutely hate, 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 hate. The Jeff Jarrett, Kurt Angle, you know, Karen Jarrett, Angle, whatever, that storyline. What do you think about that? The whole idea, and I, all right, Kurt must have approved it, but what do you think about that whole mixing in his personal life and the divorce and the remarriage and all? I just thought it was weird and uncomfortable and awkward. And, you know, I'm curious, somebody who dislikes him as much as us, what did you think about that whole thing and just the, the stories in general going on down there in, in TNA? Well, now, keep this in mind. I love TNA. I actually do. Um, I, I, I'm a huge fan of a number of the wrestlers there, from Styles to Saban, yeah. Shelley, um, you know, Rude, I think is a incredible, incredible star. Yeah, um, Robert Rude, yeah. I mean, top to bottom, man, they, I, I love TNA. I do. I don't like how they move the, the chess pieces around the chessboard, per se. Um but I love TNA, and I just I want that to be clear that I don't rip the guys, you know, I don't rip wrestling. What I rip is you know management and writing, and those are the things that get to me. Here's what I would say about Angle and Jarrett. If and I'll tell you this as a former producer, a guy that used to produce radio. Um, if I'm like a TV producer in this case, and I go up to both of these guys and I say, guys, I'm gonna literally rip your life, you know, like like a like a law and order episode. I'm going to rip it from the yeah. headlines. And I'm going to we're going to literally write around things that have happened. And we're even going to bring your kids, Kurt and, and Karen, into this whole mix. And we're going to make it very real and we're going to make it funny, but very you know, very grinding, you know, and and get people kind of on the edge of their seats and stuff. As a producer, I'd be like, this is incredible. Let's go with this. I, I get yeah. to take something that was real, and people are going to watch this as wrestling fans and be like, damn, did they really do that? I, w I would say, from a TNA standpoint, good job. I give them kudos. Now, I would have to question Jeff Jarrett, uh, or really Karen Jarrett and, and Kurt Angle as parents. Um, yeah. How could they let their kids be a part of it? But... It, at the same time, if they're letting their kids be be involved and if they're taking a storyline that was very, very hard for them, um, and like, you know, like you heard our, you said you heard our Jeff Jarrett interview. Yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah, I, did. I, I specifically asked him about it. I said, how hard is it for you, 
you know, being in a situation where, you know, Kurt probably doesn't like you, Kurt definitely, you know, well, Kurt probably definitely doesn't like either of them very much. And yeah. and Jeff said, you know what? He goes, just keep in mind, he goes, don't call it a storyline. This is real life. So for me, <laughs> if I'm, like, trying to, like, write this stuff, like, this is golden right here. I don't even have to write it. It's already been written. Yeah. No, that's good. That's no, good. I... Just keep in mind, guys, you know, wrestling is all about the storylines. You could have... You know, you guys saw Brodus Clay last night. You know, you yeah, got a freak. Yeah, you could have a freak that looks like that, you know, and that is like the perfect wrestling look, the perfect wrestling like, you know, size and shape, and you know what he does in the ring, and you know, combination of athleticism and 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 worker and all that stuff. But you know what? If you write crap, then he's gonna come off like crap. That's the bottom line. Yeah. I agree, and what I meant by saying you don't like TNA as much as us, I was specifically referring to that because the talent is there. They have a lot, you know. They probably do have top to bottom in terms of numbers, you know, the best roster. Roster, but there's just so many things about the way that they they write it and everything. And you know, like I said, I, I was a little uncomfortable watching that. I know Joe was, and I they allowed it, whatever. But you know, I was referring to that specifically because we could all be fans yeah. of the talent. It's just the way that it's produced. But you know what, Doug. We we really appreciate you coming on the air with us. Uh, you know, we would love to actually get you on after WrestleMania, you know, if, if you have a, a free night on, on a Tuesday or Thursday to talk about the aftermath of WrestleMania and what happened. So, again, we, we really appreciate you taking the time out, and, you know, hopefully we'll be able to get you on soon. Absolutely. Anytime, guys. All right, Doug, take care. Thank you very much. Folks, that was... The one and only Doug Mortman, uh, we'd like to thank him again for joining us. You can catch him every Monday and Wednesday on Busted Open Radio from 2 to 4 p.m., folks, Eastern Standard Time on Sirius 125 and XM 241. And that interview was brought to you by Ponton Dental Arts. Are you looking for an honest, gentle dentist? I know that I am. I have a crack in my tooth. I actually think I need to go to this guy. I need to go talk to him, and maybe he'll give me a pure gold discount. Folks, if you're in my shoes and you need to go to a dentist, contact Pompton Dental Arts, located at 435 Ringwood Avenue, Pompton Lakes. Once again, that is Ringwood Avenue. You can expect a warm, caring family atmosphere here where Drs. Ryan Zlikowski and Lauren Salk will take care of you, your entire family and their dental health. Call 973-835-0702 for an appointment today. Or, if you prefer the Internet, visit PomptonDentalArts.com. Again, that is PomptonDentalArts.com. When you call, make sure to mention Pure Gold right before they do your root canal. JB? Folks, it's 10.50. It's a little later than usual, but hey, it's worth the wait. It's time for Sports Update with Ann Todd's Take, brought to you by Design Stitch. Looking to promote your business, school, church, or team? Contact Design Stitch for all your embroidery and screening printing needs. Mention Pure Gold for 50% off of all setup charges. We are located at 194 Atlantic Street in Hackensack, New Jersey. Contact us at 201-488-1314 or visit us at our website at designandstitch.com. Without further ado, TJ, Todd, how are you, sir? I'm doing well. How are you guys tonight? Very well. What we got out there? Right now, the... uh... The Rockets are right now leading the Suns by five as they close out the third in what has just been an absolute back-and-forth battle. 
The Lakers topped the Hawks, 101-87. Sixers over the Pacers, 110-100. The Warriors, 95-85 over the Cavs. And the Bucks topped the Wizards, 95-76. In the NHL, Senators topped the Devils, 2-1. Flyers are over the Oilers, 4-1. Pens skate past the Sabres, 3-1. Made my wife very happy. Canadians over the Bruins, 4-1. Panthers over the Blackhawks, 3-2. The Avalanche fall to the Wild, 4-2. The Coyotes and the Canucks are knotted at 3 at the end of the second. The Predators and the Sharks are just underway with no score. And the good news that hopefully will keep JB from wanting to kill my dog, the (laughs) Isles pull out a win in overtime, 4-3. Go Isles. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. (laughs) I know that I know that Islander talk always gets ratings on this show. Let me tell you. Oh, of course. <laughs> so uh, I know it's it's later than usual, but like I said, I know I've been promised that this is going to be a great rant, and so it's 10:52. It's time for Todd's take. So Todd, take it away, sir. So I do a lot of driving in my job. And I was in front of the radio a lot today. I listened to a lot of talk radio. Keeps me company while I drive. But tonight, I have to say, this is truly a rant. And tonight, I want to talk about the media. I don't know about the rest of you, but it occurs to me that the free press of this great nation is anything but. Regardless of what major TV network or cable news outlet, and yes, apparently MSNBC and CNN are still on the air, even if you are one of the five Americans left that hasn't been guilted into not reading a newspaper by the Green Mafia, you may have noticed that if you have a mind of your own, that we are being fed a steady diet of other people's opinions. As a matter of fact, you're getting one right now. It seems to me that this once great profession of news reporting has become compromised. Gone are the days when true investigative journalism was there to protect the public with no axe to grind. Read or write the facts and keep your opinion to yourself. I need to be informed not swayed. I need to be aware, not convinced. Case in point. And this is my perception, of course. The AP, or the Associated Press, as I'm sure you all know, today released a story quoting Scott Fujita. Who? Scott Fujita? I mean, does this guy still even play football? As saying, what they've provided so far, when speaking about the, uh, the NFL owners, what they have provided so far hasn't been sufficient unquote, and went on to say, asking for almost a billion dollars back, that's a huge, huge, huge leap of faith. Conversely, then went on to quote Bob Kraft as saying, quote, we're doing everything that we can to get a deal consummated, unquote. Now, on the surface, innocent enough, but in the context presented, they lead the reader to believe that a billion dollars has been taken from the players, and nothing could be further from the truth. The article also goes on and out of its way, in my opinion, to stress the point that Kraft isn't even at the negotiations, but is in Israel on other business. Perhaps Mr. Kraft has another hidden camera at his disposal, but that's another topic altogether. So in the immortal words of Don Henley, we can do the innuendo. We can dance and sing. When it's said and done, we haven't told you a thing. We all know that crap is king. Give us dirty laundry. And just like our ability to form our own opinion about world events, you can consider yourself taken. JB? 
That's a that was a good rant. I got to admit, I, I loved it. Uh, DG, uh, I know you agree with it. Oh, of course, I, I completely agree. You know, Robert Kraft, the owner of uh, Kraft Foods or whatever the hell he owns, the what is it, the Patriots that that tool. Um, you know, it, it's interesting that Todd uh, that Todd brings up these points because I was telling I was telling you, Joe, how you know for the most part you and I are conservative, and it seems like uh, you know from listening to these these politically infused rants that Todd is also. So we need to get like a crazy liberal Democrat off the wall, you know, whack job on the show just to kind of balance out all the all the conservatism going on. But uh, you know, Todd, we we definitely appreciate your take as always. It's uh, it's much appreciated, and. Uh, any closing thoughts for us, sir, uh, Todd, before we, uh, you know, drop the dump button and, uh, you know, get rid of you? <laughs> <laughs> Think for yourself, people. Form your own opinions. You have a brain. Use it. Thank you, sir. Thank you. As always, folks, that is, you know, the pleasure is all Todd's, of course. We we appreciate him uh, on the air and his uh, his take, and we're going to have to give him a raise this week for that that wonderful rant. Um JB, normally this would be the segment of the show where we would have our raw recap, but since our interview with Doug went you know, longer than we anticipated, we're going to save that for Thursday when we have uh, Pyro back in his usual on fire with Pyro spot. So we're going to do the entire raw recap that we have, everything lined out. We're going to talk o- over that with Pyro. So that will be another can't-miss show on the greatest show on the Internet, Pure Gold. JB, you have any nuggets for us, sir? Um, I'm just going to go with two big nuggets that I have, and I'll just save the other two. Uh, not that we're pressed for time because we always do the overrun, especially on our Thursday show, but it is our Tuesday show. I'm going to keep it to two nuggets, um, and I'm just going to want your take on this, uh, DG. You know, on Sunday, the Chicago Bulls played the Miami Heat, and, you know, after the game was over, the Miami Heat obviously lost their fourth in a row, and uh, their coach, Eric Splastra, sorry about that, he basically, you know, after the press conference was over, he admitted that, you know, his team was actually crying in the locker room. And to me, that just sends the the absolute wrong message to uh, if you're a, a Miami Heat fan. I mean, the team was crying after an NBA regular season loss. Um, where was LeBron James and where was the leadership of the team? Like, why wasn't anybody in everybody's face and just saying, you know, we need to stop this now. We need to get control of our team. Let's let's step up. Let's play defense. Let's play better offense. Let's do something just to uh, snap out of it. We're a better team. You know, we have the big, the new big three, which I hate calling that, but they call themselves the new big three. And, you know, they haven't shown anything to show that they're going to actually make it to the finals, DG. Uh, I don't know who in their right mind still thinks that this team is actually going to go far in the playoffs. They lost again tonight at home to Portland. DG, what do you think about the fact that the coach, first of all, said that the players were crying in the locker room? And then second, what about the actual crying in the locker room after a regular season loss? Well, let me ask you a question, Joe, before I answer your question. Um, what do you think is worse? A guy, guys <laughs> crying, it's pretty bad. Crying like a bunch of sissy girls because of a, an NBA regular season loss or nonchalant after a major league baseball NLCS loss, like, oh, oh, well, we lost, no big deal, like the Mets did in 2006. As a monster sports fan like you are, what do you think is worse? Yeah, that's a good point. Um, I hate that. I mean, it's hard to compare the two because one was in the playoffs, and uh, you're right. For them, the Mets would be so nonchalant about 
losing the game in 2006, a a year that they probably could have won the whole thing, obviously, yeah, if they yeah, had obviously. went to the World Series, like me and you have said on many occasions. I just think that you're right, though. The, the Mets being nonchalant about their loss in 2006, it, to me, is way worse than crying after an NBA game. But to me, honestly, I'll just tell you, and then you can tell me what you think. I just think that you saved the crying for the playoffs or even the championship game. I think in, in basketball, the only time that you cry is if you lose Game 7 to the in the NBA Finals, like the Boston Celtics did last year. I mean, they basically had the title in their hand, up 13 in the third quarter, and lost the title. I could see you crying after that kind of game. You know what I'm saying, DG? Not after a regular season game. Not after a regular season no, I, I agree with you, but I it just when you were when you were uh, mentioning that the first thing that came to my mind was how upset I was and my brother when he called me that night immediately after the Mets lost. I mean, even my cousin because I spoke to a whole bunch of people that night. That's what upset me about the Mets that they did, they just acted like oh well no big deal and then afterwards the same thing you hear the same type of rhetoric like oh well you know we lost it's just a game no it's not just a game this is the livelihood of your fans this, people take this life and death seriously. I like the fact that the heat was a, was emotional per se, but cr- you're right. You can't cry after a regular season NBA or any sport. You cannot cry after a loss unless maybe you lost a perfect game or a no hitter or something to that effect, or the you know the clinching game going into the playoffs possibly. You know where you had a long fourth season, so that's the only time it's acceptable. But I do you know agree with you that you really should reserve those tears for Game Seven. It's bad, JB. There's no way around it. You cannot show that kind of emotion and let it get out publicly because it makes you sound like a bunch of, no offense to our female listeners, um, but it makes you sound like a bunch of sissy lalas. It makes you sound like a bunch of girls, and you cannot, I repeat, you cannot do that. And if you do, do it at home where nobody is watching you except your wife, and she won't rat you out to the public, JB. (laughs) You're absolutely right. And, uh, you know, obviously every talk show, every website, I knew that as soon as, you know, this, uh, you know, as soon as they mentioned that they reported this after the post-game show, I knew that all the websites and all the talk shows would be talking about it. So I had definitely mentioned it on Pure Gold. Obviously it's not exclusive or anything like that, but just wanted to make sure that me and DG, you know, voice our opinions on that. To me, again, not acceptable to be crying during a regular season loss. You should be, you should really actually be angry and pissed off that you know your team is not as good as they thought they would be. So, moving on to my last nugget, which has really nothing to do about sports, but DG, I mean, the the price. I'm gonna I'm gonna go into the price of gas. The price of gas um, is is getting out of control, and I don't know who to blame. To be honest with you, I don't know. If we're going to have to blame the Mideast that's trying to go through it like a, a, you know, a revolution and a democracy move, a move towards democracy. But honestly, how does the, you know, the, the increase in gas uh, not affect the economy? I mean, how, you know, like, you know, we're approaching spring and summer, the travel seasons. I mean, isn't this going to, like, put us back into almost a recession where people don't want to spend money and they don't want to travel to different parts of the country or different parts of the world. Isn't this going to just revert us back into a recession with these kind of gas prices? I would say that if Todd was with us right now, he would blame President Obama. But aside from that, you're right. Gas prices are ridiculous. They're astronomical. And it just keeps getting worse and worse. Every time I look at the pump, it's, just, it's higher and higher. What gets me, though, is that the price of oil goes up a barrel, right? Like whatever, however much it is, a dollar, two dollars, whatever, let's just say. And then immediately, within seconds, your gas is up 10, 15 cents, you know, 5 cents, 8 cents. 
and it's just constantly every day, every day, every day it's going up. You know, we're right. we're getting close to here at least. Regular is almost three fifty, and this is some of the cheapest gas in the whole country. California's already, you know, the four dollar mark or probably past it for regular. So, unfortunately, everything going on in the world affects us, our uh, our economy. And things don't seem to be getting any better over there, whether you're talking about Libya, whether you're talking about, uh, you know, Bahrain. I know that my pastor's been preaching about uh, what's going on and, and current events and how it relates to the Bible and, you know, end-time prophecy. But it really seems like we're heading towards uh, the end. And it's a shame, but, you know, JB, it's just when you look at the grand scheme of things, talking about wrestling, talking about sports, what we do on this show, it's really not as relevant as the price of gas because that – really affects you that really hits home and it's stuff like that that really upsets you when you look at these guys with the collective bargaining agreement and the nba and the nfl and the owners making so much money wanting millions more and then trying to hose other people out of millions their problems their zillions of dollars they're fighting over none of that compares to our 350 gallon of gas because eventually it may get to a point like you said a recession where you're going to have to choose between heating your home or paying you know Buying your kids food, you know, you're going to have to choose between going out in your car and going somewhere when you need to go or just, you know, walking everywhere, you know, staying home. You're, you're in an emergency situation. You can't afford to take your car out. That's what matters. And, you know, I, we could do an entire show about gas and we can do an entire show about what's going on in the world and end times and stuff like that and, and the position that our country is in. But I just have to throw that out there, how this is the stuff that really matters in life, folks, not – and I don't want to discourage you from listening to our show, but at the end of the day, a championship loss is it's a game, it's a loss, and really it's it's the, the stuff like this that that matters because it's what affects you. So, uh, Joe, was that your last nugget? Sorry, I had to go on a little mini rant there. Nope, I, I think that's a perfect DG. I think that's a perfect tie-in to the grand scheme of things. I we talk about wrestling, we talk about sports, and you know, obviously we're big fans. But I learned a long time ago. I think you're gonna laugh at this one, DG, but I learned in 2000 when the Mets lost to the Yankees in the World Series, that I cannot take sports, you know, I cannot take sports to heart like these um, so-called players do. I mean, sure, they might cry after a while, you know, right after the game's over. But in the end, you know, they're making, like, money that I'll never get to see in my lifetime in one year or even, like, one game. I know A-Rod, if you break down A-Rod's salary, I think he makes – what I would make in my entire life in, like, the first inning of the first game of the regular season game. So it's like <laughs> you, you, you can't, you can't as fans, you could, you know, you can put your heart into it, but fans, I mean, folks, just just realize that these players are getting paid absurd amount of money and just don't take it to heart if they lose a the title. I mean, um, sure, I was upset that the Jets lost to the Pittsburgh Steelers, but, again, like DG said, in the grand scheme of things, it's family, it's life, it's, you know, believing in God. Those are the most important things in life. It's not, you know, we use these things like um, sports and wrestling to be distractions from life because, you know, we need some distractions in life because, you know, quite frankly, this world is not a pleasant place for the most part. But, you know, we try to make it pleasant by, you know, talking about sports, talking about wrestling. So it's a great tie-in, DG, about the gas prices and just, you know, life in general. So I applaud you for tying that into sports. No, it, you know, it definitely, and it just came to me on the on the fly as it were, because I didn't know that you were going to, you didn't mention this last week, but I didn't know you were going to tie it in today. And it's funny, I learned my personal lesson about how unimportant in the grand scheme of things sports are when a couple years ago, I think it was uh, 07 when the Mets didn't get into the playoffs or, you know, the, when they collapsed, 
I went nuts. I took all of my Mets memorabilia, and I have a lot. I have jerseys. I have shirts. I have shorts. I mean, I have pretty much everything except Mets underwear. I have hats. I have a Mets bobblehead. I have all Mets signed autograph ball, everything. I took it in a big pile and threw it in the middle of my clothes, uh, in the middle of my floor, excuse me. Yeah, I've just been told by our uh, our uh, media director that I have an addiction but you know, and a problem, but apparently you know, he doesn't know anything uh, about sports. But anyway, what it is to be a true sports fan, I took all my stuff, I took a picture of it, I sent it to my friends, and I told them I was going to burn it. And I wanted to, and it sat on the floor for like two weeks. You know, I was going to get rid of it. And then I was like, you know what? I spent a lot of money on this crap, so let me not throw it out. But the truth is, Joe, I wanted to burn it. I was so upset. And then I realized, you know what? This is this is sick. I have a problem, and I can't – I just can't do this anymore. <laughs> I can't take this so seriously. And, my, you know, I mean, my wife doesn't get it. She doesn't understand sports. And I guess it's one of those things that, as a fan, you just – you get so wrapped up in it, and it means so much to you that it actually bothers me, Joe – when guys don't show emotion, like I said, the heat is bad, but I think the Mets situation is worse. When you got Carlos Beltran making $15, $18 million a year, and he's like, well, you know, it's just a game. To us, it's not just a game. It, it should be, again, in the grand scheme of life, but it's not just a game. We spent our hard-earned money. Now, again, going back to gas, where that's gonna, not, not going to be much of, a, of an option to go to games, but with the prices of gas going up, but... We spend money, we go to these games, I mean, as a matter of fact, you know, you and I are going to go to the game on Monday with the Nets and the Celtics, you know what I'm saying? Somebody spent money on those seats, somebody spent money on those tickets, somebody spent money on those hot dogs and all that, some hardworking person who has, you know, problems and, and issues, and you know what, they go to a game to get away for the day, they go to a way to, get, to, to escape from reality, you know, and it, it's a shame when these guys... They don't, they don't even respect us enough to take it as seriously as, as uh, we do. Joe, any, uh, any thoughts on that, sir? <laughs> You're totally right. Um, we, 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 sh- we, know, we pay our hard-earned money, um, you know, the, 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 minuscule money, the, the minuscule amount of money that we pay, um, not we pay, that we make to go yeah. actually watch these athletes that are making millions upon millions of dollars is just, you know, sometimes you wonder, like, is it really worth it? Should I just be watching on TV? So you're right, DG. I mean, um, obviously, it's better to show emotion than not show emotion. If you're an athlete, at least you know you show the fans that you actually care. But you know, who knows what kind of effect this is going to have on the Heat from now on? They already lost again tonight, so this is like their fifth loss in a row. So we'll see where that goes. Yeah, you know, I actually have a couple of uh, a couple of notes that I wanted to share, a couple of nuggets, but. You know what? That's a perfect place to end, folks. Um, you know, we're in our overrun again, as we've been doing lately, so I'll save the, the three nuggets that I had for Thursday. Uh, I was going to mention the whole Tiki Barber thing, and I was going to mention, you know, a couple other things. But, you know, we'll, we'll get into that on Thursday. Folks, once again, this show, you know, our, our interview with Doug was brought to you by Pompton Dental Arts. Are you looking for an honest, gentle dentist? Contact Pompton Dental Arts, located at 435 Ringwood Avenue. I want to make that clear, folks. Ringwood Ave, Pompton Lakes, New Jersey. You'd expect a warm, caring family atmosphere here where Drs. Ryan Slikowski, close personal friend of mine, and Lauren Salk will take care of your entire family's dental health. Call 973-835-0702 for an appointment today or visit PomptonDentalArts.com. When you call, make sure you mention the greatest show on turf and on earth, Pure Gold. Folks, our other sponsor was Design Stitch tonight. Looking to promote your business, school, church, or team? Contact Design Stitch for all your embroidery 
and screening printing needs. Mention Pure Gold for 50% off of all SEP charges. We are located at 194 Atlantic Street in Hackensack, New Jersey. Contact us at 201-488-1314 or visit us at our website at design, then a dash, the letter N, dash again, stitch.com. DG? Folks, we greatly appreciate you listening to this show. As always, this just keeps getting better and better. Um, you know, as I close out, I'd like to thank Doug Mortman for joining us tonight. Just remember, you can catch him every Monday and Wednesday on Busted Open Radio from 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Sirius 125 and XM 241. As a matter of fact, folks, if you check out our website, which I mentioned before is up, every episode that we have done is on that website, and we're going to have Doug's episode up there shortly. So if you go to the article that has him and if you go to the uh, you know the, the, the little post that mentions him and the show, it's going to have today's episode, and it has a link to his website also. So if you'd like to check him out and check out you know his, his partner, uh, Dave LeGrec, and, of course, the, the wonderful and talented Rebby Sky, um, folks, I'd like to thank once again all the people who make this show possible. Thank Todd, our sports update. I'd like to thank Fitz, our producer. I'd like to thank Hans, who fil- who's filled in for Kelly tonight as our board op. Remember to tune in Thursday night at 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. <clears throat> for JB, this is DG of Pure Gold reminding you to always... Wait for it. Wait for it. Keep it PG, unlike the WWE. Good night, everyone. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.